often as when I'm in the bush I'm almost like trying to get a deeper connection with the bush to try to find the animal you might as well say I might as well say a prayer that's God yeah because it would be less wacky <laughs> than trying to connect with a bush you know in some way right I'm trying to I'm trying to connect through the bark down into the roots the mycelia yeah. network to guide me across the forest floor to the animal what are you avatar who, who's eating <laughs> who's eating either a tree or some grass on the soil yeah <laughs> holding my head again making my way through crowded thoughts sometimes it's hard to get out of it hey everyone and welcome to this episode of please blow my mind the lockdown editions man what a time to be alive what what to make of everything going on it's 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 not that clear and life is already uh uh pretty intense if we if we lift the veil and 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 dare to look at it but i think these times ask us to really critically analyze what it means to live and and uh, and the question is, are we up for the challenge? And and personally, I am, and collectively, I I believe we are. But but if you don't have, you know, that that kind of daily struggle, um, let's just say things like food gathering, um, you know, um, water um, collection, those type of things that I. Th- it feels like we were created or evolved to um, look after, you know, to, to manage the mental state that it, the consciousness uh, has these physical needs, you know, like nutrition and and um, meaning. And it, potentially in this modern world of self-driving cars and, and amazing things like podcasts that can be recorded from... Uh, a self-contained unit um we've you know maybe we've forgotten something which is the tool sets to thrive under pressure so when the pressure's on like now we we have to relook at what's going on and try and make sense of of things so there we go acknowledging the lockdown um particularly from Aotearoa or New Zealand we are currently in this full level four lockdown and i'll tell you one interesting thing about life especially when you do it through the bandwidth of um, like a podcast where let's say for example i aim to upload every week but the conversation goes on and on and evolves and um this podcast today featuring ryan o'connor i've actually recorded another one with ryan about a year ago just before the first lockdown and i never published that one and i don't know why but i'm definitely going to publish this one but i just think there's this weird scenario where two times in a row when i've caught up with ryan we went into a lockdown so what does that mean Uh, probably nothing probably everything and everything in between so who is ryan o'connor actually sorry i've had ryan on the podcast um, via zoom one time between that i think the thing that struck me is when we try and catch up in real life in person for man hugs these uh there's this bandwidth now where we've seen each other three times in real life 
We've recorded each time, sorry, two times in real life, one time virtually, and uh, and the two times that we've seen each other, it's it's predicated a lockdown, and so I like everything. I try not to um, uh, read too deeply into things, but gosh, it's fun, isn't it? And it's fun pondering the connections and the dots that connect us all. And um, this conversation is no different with Ryan. He he was in the local area uh, doing what Ryan does. You know, very active person into um, sports and thinking and, and mental and physical wealth. And he popped by because he was local and we had a conversation um, that blew my mind you know my chats with uh, Ryan and all of the guests they really do blow my mind so what do we chat about we chat well he's an optometrist by uh, his profession and so I'm very I've been very fascinated in where the eyes how the eyes play their role as our signal to the world visually right uh and and we dig a bit into the science around this kind of um, ultra focus which we are in right now right the lockdowns represent this kind of uh very zoomed in look on life and that's where we are right now and it's very interesting to to not forget that there's this push and pull with everything you know on a good day where life is kind we might widen our view but on a hard day where life is hard where we'll, we'll zoom in our view and we'll try and make sense of what's directly in front of us something like how it feels right now in life so uh, we talk about that we talk about many other things um, maybe maybe we should just jump into that episode but before we do a quick shout out to myotape myotape is breathing tape made easy for you to keep your mouth closed at night so you can encourage nasal breathing throughout the night now why is this important well because the company i run manava breathing is a company that helps people and supports people with functional breathing so what does that mean well it all comes back to the science of nasal breathing you see our bodies are built to nasal breathe and when we don't we send signals to the mind, body, and beyond that we are in panic, we are in danger. We elevate our level of stress when we elevate our level of breathing. And it just so happens that our nose has many, many beautiful inbuilt design features that help us regulate life. The problem is we don't use our nose that much in modern times. One, because stimuli is very, very... Um, uh, in abundance and that means that we're in a slight state of fight or flight more often than the rest and digest system but if we turn back to the nose if we turn back to nature we can regulate life a little bit easier and up regulate and down regulate based on automatic systems within our body this is a long way of saying that if you get some myotape which is a tape that goes around the mouth helps you bring your lips together when you're sleeping you will activate nature's gift of nasal breathing now there's a question as to why people need tape why can't their jaws just stay shut well it comes back to the ancient history of humanity and our ancestors chewing more using their body for how it was supposed to be used however in today's world 
we kind of don't and that 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 makes sense because we don't need to go and do all of the things I laid out at the start find water find food but there's a cost there's a cost in not using it using it or losing it and we've lost this ability to have these strong jaws that that um, worked a lot harder and were able to keep shut at night now they kind of creep open and that's inflamed with you know weight issues and all of these things anyways Myotape to the rescue goes gently around the mouth and um, you can find Myotape by visiting Manava Breathing on Instagram and there's a nifty little Shopify link right there. Okay team, listen, I wish you an awesome time during this podcast with myself and Ryan. You can check out his podcast The Stag Raw by simply searching it on all of your favourite podcast outlets. And with that said, thank you all for blowing my mind and joining me on the podcast. I really do hope you enjoy this week's episode. Bringing out the fire, bring on all the lightning. Cause I'm looking for a hero, look inside the mirror. I find one. Oh, carry the hurt when it gets too hard. Pick it up, dust it off, and I fall down a level. Get up 12, don't need nobody else Yeah, I can save myself Ready to rock, bro? Yeah, bro. How are you, man? Me. Very good. Oh, dude, it's awesome. Isn't it weird? You and I have, like, caught up twice in our lives in person. Yeah. Probably only another handful of times virtually. Yeah. But I feel like I know you. Yeah, Yeah. What is it? what do we what do we know we know it's like we know an aura of each other i know that sounds wild <laughs> but we get a feeling eh, of each other yeah and um i think we managed to line up the logarithm on facebook oh, facebook gosh no um, on instagram mm. that we see each other's content often yeah and so and we're both not afraid of commenting on each other's content mm. often whether that's through stories or through a messenger or yeah. on the actual post itself mm. um i don't know i think we've, we're both sort of seeing seeing what each other's doing and so well and probably on a similar journey of like what the fuck yeah <laughs> have you have you consolidated what the fuck like have you got any kind of uh have you made peace with the meaning of oh. the life you, you've talked to paul wood eh yep. since his new book yeah have you read any of it no oh it's a bit of a like kind of kind of summarizes what the fuck's been going on mm. um there's one chapter and it talks about like your stresses in life yep and how it can sort of take you off the ball mm. um and it kind of gives scores to a number of things and um, yeah i kind of it kind of said like if your score's over 150 you're you're in a pretty fragile mental state because yep. the book's mental fitness and I was sort of doing the math and I was like scored 350 I was like Jesus <laughs> <laughs> this was a year ago then, but, but I was like this awesome. came, probably came at a good time for me a little chance to hide away on a farm in the middle of Central Hawks Bay not being able to contact anyone and not being able to go anywhere it's a good, good way to regather your thoughts when you realise things like that it makes you wonder that that is the meaning eh? is to be like highly strung and and 
you know, I was having a chat with a guy before this podcast, and he was um, David is his name. He's a former police officer, thirty five years, oh, yeah. seen held high water, um, basically gets out of the force, and is now an artist and a poet. Beautiful. And I'm trying to like process because you know my judgment on that or analysis rather is like yeah that's exactly what you'd do after you see the depths of hell yeah. for 35 years you would go to art yeah. you know you'd try and feel your way through the future and one of the things he he chose a path with the lord right mm-hmm. god and it's something i grapple with because i'm like i don't know it mm. feels hard for me to push that button of i believe now in something bigger mm-hmm. even though i i enact in a way that's all the time like trust you know mm-hmm. i'm yeah. like yeah man it's going to be good to catch up with you i can't prove it on evidence i can't show you that we're going to connect but there's something there like a feeling or whatever but one of the bits of realization i had is through the guests i've talked to like lance burdett god and those kind of ideas of bigger ideas become really relevant the darker life gets uh-huh you know like the deeper into the poo we go it's like something rises you know and i'm like maybe that's why it's so hard for me because i haven't hit that rock bottom Mm. you know what i mean like and 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 i was saying to david like actually the job of the police is to make it so that most of us don't yeah but at what cost and that's why i revert back around is our standard supposed to be rock bottom and if you're lucky you find your way out of that in our country in our western world that's why it's like hard to fathom suicide in that yeah because we shouldn't yes we should just what's wrong with just cruising along you're um and it's like you say us in the western world like Mm. it it, you know we've got it so good and 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 we look at the likes of suicide in the western world being so high like Mm. why is that Mm. and um one of those like moments that sort of stops every now and again uh, I quite often ask my patients like you know what do you enjoy doing had this Filipino guy relatively newly immigrated to New Zealand diesel mechanic and I said mate what do you like to do in your own time he just kind of looked at me like what that is a foreign what is that as a concept like he kind of summoned I watch TV but in his world it's I work Mm. yeah I'm 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 getting it (laughs) And he's probably closer to our ancestors in terms of a normal way of living than we are. Yeah. So, like, if you really look at that, what is it saying? Hey, and that's a confronting thing. It's probably saying the way we live, where it's, like, stress-free, if you like, or the appearance of it, is not good. But I we, mean, need, we need to do all the things to be stress-free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we end up having to, like go right back to basics heat cold breathing just to be well no actually it's not like that those things are not stress free mm-hmm. that's the counterintuitive stuff right like why do so many people like Wim Hof why do so many people like ice bars we spend all of our time trying to heat ourselves mm. stay warm stay out of the wind stay what you know and I think that's where it merges back to Paul Wood and those you know critical thinkers um resilience is built mm-hmm. but we forget it eh? yeah no it's not that we forget it but we don't act as in as if that's true it's a di- it's a dichotomy because it's like you say build a house you know be warm <laughs> moving out of nature and into shelter is what's allowed our society to accelerate 
but there was a lot of um, goodness and connectivity and, and um, our evolution in our, in our hormones and reward systems mm. were based around so like I say is that actually our, our tier of living that's right <laughs> it's really it's got me stumped because it's the exact opposite to what we would all classify as a good life yeah a good life is something like the American dream or the Kiwi dream you know own a home go to work have a family if you're lucky have a batch Mm. you know those are the same Kiwis though that fill the pubs on a Friday hammering themselves to death eh? Mm. fighting and doing all sorts of chaotic crap yeah it's um I don't know man there's no answers I guess but it's interesting to but but it's a bit like the social media idea is like Mm. we're trying to catch up to the technology and um you know New Zealand from a um, colonial perspective was about this place where people could have an opportunity um they could leave their family as farm working peasant working and um put in that work towards their own value and their own growth and their Mm. own wealth and create a, a generational thing now um the downside of that is you replicated the thing that you left and then you ended up with a new set of class going on mm. and you know it paved the way for a lot of that class from uh, Britain to come over as well and go oh that looks pretty good we'll, we'll bring our wealth with us and we'll just <laughs> come and slap ourselves on top mm. <laughs> the hard job's been done yeah. by the toilers <laughs> now since some of those toilers got a bit out of it but, um, some of those what the people that toiled what's that you know they uh, broke in the land they br- right and in many places they burnt the bush down they mm. turned it over they started grazing it and mm. they made it effective um, pioneering whatever you want to mm. call it mm. but it again it was like on such a scale of the individuals were just doing what was good by them yeah um, the collective they made their own communities but on a national level it was so disruptive to yeah. our early history and, that's right and, and as we know now it's still not really that well solved that's right yeah and and it's still evident that there's a you know like maybe it crudely it's like yeah i really like technology that can scan my body because <laughs> of awesome medicine yeah but there's something about yeah you also need the trees that you cut down for more than just housing yeah. you know there's like a i mean i saw you when you walked in you noticed the big curry tree and yeah. it's like yeah there are there are they're giants hey eh? and they're like it looks like you're looking at this massive tough thing that plays a part sometimes you know we had a look, little look at the sauna and cold bath and sometimes i'll sit there and i'll look at the thing and i'm like you just imagine so many different things yeah. you know like first of all I'll use it as a point when I'm practicing my peripheral vision technique mm-hmm. and then and then I'll look at it like wow I wonder if it filters wind through mm-hmm. you know I'm like that's a nice benefit having fresher air because it captures you know this is my mind mm. and then the third thing is I'll get out and sometimes walk to it and touch it and I'm like I wonder what that grounding stuff's about yeah people talk about grounding energy and it's so wacky, but it's only as wacky as the wacky world we live anyway. Hard out. And that's why you took, you know, one man saying that uh, religion's a wacky thing or mm. something that I can't get on board with. But, you know, at the same time, 
you know, you and I will go and put our hand on a tree. Yeah, 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 right? <laughs> and like try to find some, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to find when I put my hand on a tree. Mm. Um, often as when I'm in the bush, I'm almost like trying to get a deeper connection with the bush to try to find the animal. You might as well say. I might as well say a prayer. That's God. Yeah. Because it would be less wacky <laughs> than trying to connect with a bush, you know, in some way, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to connect through the bark down into the roots, the mycelia yeah. network to guide me across the forest floor to the animal. What are you, Avatar? Who, who's eating? <laughs> who's eating either a tree or some grass on the soil? Yeah, <laughs> man, that's. But I, I'm pretty sure if you look back at the ancient text, and I have looked a bit at, especially with the breathing stuff. Mm. Originally, that was the gods. Okay. The gods of we have to breathe properly. And mm-hmm. the demons were, if you don't breathe properly, you let the demons in, which we, if we put it through a scientific lens, um, mouth breathing leads to uh, faster breathing. Faster breathing leads to more hyperventilation. Hyperventilation triggers your stress response. Mm. Too much stress response is chronic stress. Too much chronic stress, Alzheimer's, dementia, because your body can't, clean itself out so any little canaries are like your blood you, pressure and yeah, metabolism yeah. And, <laughs> and if you saw that back in the day you might as well be you know you'd be carrying the demon or you've been possessed right because you are not healthy mm. you, um, I, I've been thinking a lot too about how the big square jaws that we value in life is, a, is like everything else it's a signal for um, well, having a square jaw to what to keep your mouth shut Mm. when you keep your mouth shut it all you know knows and all of that stuff but we just see a big square jaw like a Brad Pitt jaw and we're like damn but no one s- sits around to think why you mm-hmm. know even like symmetry remember all those studies that were done on symmetry mm. and I was listening to something yesterday that it's we need to be symmetrical so we create less drag in our pursuit of forward movement mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. simple it really is quite straightforward what freaked me out was I'm not that symmetrical when I look in the mirror mm-hmm. and I was like what does that mean I'm definitely not that my nose is <laughs> I, had to, I had to do a um, face to face recording of myself the other day um, what for um, so when I first moved to the Waikazoo <clears throat> I'd come from Christchurch and anyone that's moved to Christchurch will understand that there's a very, very clicky vibe in Christchurch mm. one of the first questions I ask is what school did you go to even though yeah, might even you know, even my dad like mm. moves to Christchurch in his late fifties. What school did you go to? <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah, but uh, I digress. I went to the Young Professionals. Um, had a good time. Went on a um, brewery tour, and that got quite jovial. And then um, followed that up with you know meeting up on a Friday night, and that was just at a bar. It, it kind of was good because I met people and saw them around town and had a point of contact and a point of recognition. But it was still very. Uh, surface level mm. hey how are you what do you do mm. uh, what school did you go to <laughs> and so then when I moved to um, Waikato I was sort of working and not working with many people that were my age group I started playing rugby and by that stage um, I was nearly 30 and most of the people I was playing rugby with were just out of school you know were trying to make it as professional rugby players mm. and that sort of stuff and so I had this quite a lot of age gap and after after studying for seven years at uni I was already at a little bit of an age gap of, of new graduates and that was my second job so I was even further away from the, the university stuff um, and 
uh, about six months in I got to go on the Rotary Youth Leadership Award again I was so I was 28 then and the cutoff was 26 so I managed to sneak into that but um, <laughs> it's not what you know but who you know <laughs> and um, met, met this person Gemma who is what this event was for last Thursday and I s- sort of shared this dilemma of like how does a young person create deep connection in a new place and that that sort of she, she said to me on Thursday night that that sparked something for her um, she be, um, believes that she has a personality trait I can't remember what form of personality typing this is but it's called a generator and she said generators need something to spark them and then they'll go and generate it they'll put it into being um, so yeah from from there we sort of had a range of brainstorming meetings in this nice. um movement was created called seed waikato and it's been going for five years now and yeah so after five years jim has finally stepped away and yeah it's just like again like connection move you know little little conversations sharing ideas yeah can can create something massive and how many of those don't happen as the freaky bird eh? oh yeah like it's all like like seed's a great name because Hear my dog growling. <laughs> um, think of sperm, for example. Most don't work. Oh yeah. Hey, you know. Yeah. So it's like, it's like. Well, it's like your curdy tree has all those cones on it. Mm, mm. You're going to end up with a um, curdy forest out in your back lawn, probably no, not. No, because I have to get out there and rake them all up. It's re- <laughs> really annoying, but in a in a good way, in a nature kind of way, where it gets me outside yeah bro man it's hard to know what to do with all of this stuff because if seed waikato doesn't get a chance to be in its fifth year if you don't happen to talk to someone yeah and that's the kind of predicament we're in because that's based on your relationship with someone but your directly your direct question is how do young people make relationships yeah and it's getting harder that was before we were in lockdowns yeah. that was like i had it with my kids the other day and i don't know if this is um a wider thing or just my kids but it was hard for me to convince them that it's worth catching up with one person uh-huh. just to hang out they were like i oh, would rather do it as a group yep and i was trying to work through that and i'm like what does that mean is that because of zoom you're used to seeing lots of people together you know like was it like that for you i had like friends i'd catch up with and it was just two of us Mm -hmm. and we'd hang out and we'd talk smack and get up to mischief and that's what i want for them and like go around to one person's house yeah yeah i said bring someone around you know and it's i was like they're like nah I'm like, are you worried I'll embarrass you? Because I probably <laughs> is it <would>. me? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. But I said, how about I, you know, I'll drive you to the mall. You guys can go see a movie. And they're like, no, I don't want to do that. And I was like, hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm stumped. I don't know. It's like there's a building block missing. Yeah. Which is, well, first of all, Fortnite's a very compelling companion. Oh yeah. And that's just whatever that metaphor is. You know, there's gaming and there's internet and this you know phone addiction and whatnot but like the likes of Fortnite, has although 
um, sort of team virtual gaming's been around for a long time, though, isn't it? Yeah, but the idea that there's no end is quite new. Like binge watching. So there's no end in Fortnite. No, it doesn't. It it doesn't finish. So like the only game I got like slightly addicted to was Diablo One, but there was a finish, and you died. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Like even like TV. There's just longer versions of finishing now. Like, Monty and I, my wife, been binge watching Friends. Yeah, it's really fun to watch it. Actually, ten seasons. Yeah, but it's ten bloody seasons of twenty-two per season. Wow. Yeah. So it's been going on weeks, right, for us. Yeah. And that's okay because there's an hour or two a day which we can dedicate to that. But it wasn't like that. It wasn't created for that. Yeah, it was once a week. It was supposed to be a select time yeah and we've created it into something else that wasn't you know what i mean so it's like there's unintended or intended consequences for that it's interesting as well you're talking about no end um got recommended sweet tooth but it's a netflix you know gosh just too many things but it was like oh you've this is how it was described to me and my girlfriend you've really got to watch this but the first season doesn't resolve itself and I got really angry when the first season doesn't resolve itself sweet tooth and mm. it's filmed here in New Zealand mm. it's oh, it's it's a play on the pandemic um, it's interesting what what they've sort of done but um, yeah to know that it doesn't resolve and each episode that's keep introducing new things was really like mm. this would be a real up upsetting thing Uh, I mean it's kind of like a life without defined meaning Mm. it doesn't really end but it that's kind of means you can't really begin you know what I mean there's no I mean look let's let me roughly go back to the um, segue aspect to religion at least in that world if you're a, a person of faith you don't have any reason to doubt it right yeah I'm going somewhere Mm-hmm. so I might as well just get busy living this one the suffering's worth it because I'll get paid back mm-hmm. something like that crudely you know sorry mm-hmm. to those out there who you know I'm not taking a poo on everything it's just we're working through it so that's not the case I don't think at mass now there's more people like us yeah. who are kind of like look man I'm just trying to talk to a tree <laughs> you know but in that world, our world can quickly become, oh gosh, you know. Overwhelmed. What, what are we up to? Why are we up to? And I guess that's where I'm just trying to be like, yeah, we've got to kind of like, I, I want to at least try and advocate and find out, well, if you're going to pin your hopes on something, because it seems like you're going to anyway, right? You're going to eventually come to a position, age will maybe drive us. Yeah, you know, and not if you listen to David Sinclair. Hmm? <laughs> no, <laughs> we Is can it? go on forever too. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, there's another thing too about podcasts being recorded; they kind of will go on forever, right? Yeah, you could start at Joe Rogan. I mean, what is it? A thousand two hundred times three. Yeah, because they go on for about three hours each. It's infinity, you know. Yeah, so. Man, hey, I've got some questions about eyes. Yeah. Can I ask you some questions about eyes? Yeah. I was going to ask you how your, um, how have you found your peripheral vision idea? It's been, 
it's I, I've worked with a few people here mm-hmm. I've started to develop a little kind of course um, can talk a little bit more about that but in short one of the goals is we come out of the sauna mm-hmm. the sauna is a weird kind of constriction because it doesn't hit you immediately mm. it hurts you as you go on as you know not hurts you but it gets hard it gets more panicky so but the cold is a very acute Mm-hmm. You deal with it now so the two things I say is okay we're going to go into it your job is to not make the water splash yeah and I don't want to hear you breathe mm-hmm. so it's like catch your so you're not you're not allowing the big whoo no okay I'm saying control it as yeah. best you can and then once you're in I stand to the side a bit and I'm like pick a point on the tree mm. look for me in your peripheral vision mm and so I'm, my hypothesis and what I'm basing it off is that we're practicing the parasympathetic mm. wider vision um, calm whilst we're in a sympathetic zone mm. and I heard Professor Huberman talk about yeah. this where he talks about there's the adrenaline that goes in your body and then there's the is it neuropronephrine the adrenaline in, but there's yes. a different one in your brain so um Epinephrine and adrenaline are the same, but yeah, epinephrine or norepinephrine and adrenaline or noradrenaline, yeah, same, same, right. But one's created up here, yeah. right? Because there's a blood brain barrier. Mm. So, but he talks about that you can actually train the epinephrine in your brain, the adrenaline in your brain to decrease mm. or not get released as much as the one in your body, right? Your body's one does it itself, so that's the cold trigger. But you can control the amount coming out of here. Cool. Or at least have influence over it. And he talks about it in terms of the mind-body split. Cool. That we talk about, you know, in general world, um, well, in society. But that's where I think it's really powerful because um, I don't know. I haven't quite worked through everything yet, but it's like um, we're just totally letting that run its own course, right? And if you have a bad autonomic system or one that's not used to being um, influenced, then guess what? You're just going to be being, you know, taken on a ride. Yeah. And um, so, but you to answer your question, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Um, it it it's um that's one of the tools you can do for post concussive syndrome. Really, is to try and like <clears throat> increase your peripheral awareness try like you said move into your parasympathetic state and then also try and um activate your cross dominance so um really working on connecting both sides of the body both sides of the brain right yeah so there's there's a place for you know trying to get the endpoint of juggling mm. but it might just start as simply as tapping shoulders mm. across the body tapping mm. knees across the body wow um, or, or, or even a step back from that just talking yourself through putting your right sock on your right foot your left sock on your left foot what's that doing it's it's just like slowing everything down making you go going back into your body being more aware of your body um and i don't know if controls are right like a first person view yeah as opposed to this like we look at it like third person yeah yeah yeah. and your body awareness peripheral awareness um uh, left right side integration mm. peripheral integration 
yeah. that's interesting because with the one of, one of the things that we will often see with uh post-concussive syndrome is you know in a severe case their tracking will will, will degrade just because they can't move through those peripheral zones but the that that is often fine and someone can read but then they'll get lost in a page and it'll be their jumping their saccade movement so they'll you know land they'll do undershoot they'll land way before the point and then sort of glide into where they're supposed to have their eyes whereas without you know normal functioning vision is you've identified that my finger's out to my left it's in my peripheral vision and I just sort of even without moving my head mm. bang I'm on, mm. the, on the point yeah. but because of that integration and the peripheral awareness stuff because it's so tunneled you know tunneled it's just not really there not really communicating properly Mm. Yeah, I used to know the like um, escalation through the brain, but mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, uh, look, I've done lots of things since we last talked around vision. Like yeah. peripheral is one of the examples, but I also do um, from working with people here. I'll do simple breath hold techniques, yeah, which help your tolerance to the carbon dioxide. Yeah, but uh, whilst we do it. Um, so you'll take a small breath in, small breath out, small breath in, small breath out, pinch your nose. And then I've got like little steps here that I've made. Yeah. Um, what everyone won't hear or see, but I've got a pathway. Yeah. And so I'm saying, pick how many you think you can get there and back. There's like 20 of them. Yeah. So maybe pick five, you know, or five out, five back. But there's a weird thing of your CO2 tolerant, sorry, your CO2 is building, so you're becoming more anxious. Yeah. But you're having to plant your feet on these steps. And because I built it, it's mm-hmm. not even. Mm-hmm. So some are longer than the other. So I think I've geniusly <laughs> and unscalably um, <laughs> made it so you have to be in present. Yes. Because you're, I think if there's a pattern, you can quickly outsource that, Yeah. you know, to your subconscious. But I'm making you, first of all, the stones are white but the blocks are black. So yeah. you're like looking for your next step. And I've watched people, including myself, and there's ones where you, it's like that thing. You can judge, if, let's say, if your vision's working as, as it should, um, the distance, but you've got to work to get your leg there, your foot there. Yeah. And it has to happen every time or you'll fall. Mm. And so, I, you know, one of the challenges that I have is how do I, how do I measure that the outcomes are what we want, mm. which is more resilience to stress, yeah. to turning it off. And I was hoping that maybe we could pick up where we left last time, which was you were talking about um, the uh, pupil yeah. and its level of dilation. Yeah. Or what's the opposite? Constriction. Zoom in this. Yeah. Constriction. Constriction. The constriction provides greater depth of focus. So that tunnel vision is yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, very small... De- detailed or well, the sympathetic tunnel vision is just <clears throat> ignoring your periphery vision yeah yeah your brain really focusing on that small area within the whole of the retina mm. called the called the fovea and it has high you know that's where your fine detail vision is mm. so um, at work we have this thing called OCT ocular coherent tomographer and it allows us to do a section through the retina and demonstrate to somebody what they're seeing in their retina. What's a section? Um, so um, in when you're doing anatomy and you're doing um, dissection, one 
slice is a section. Okay. Yeah, so sorry, a, a cross section of, mm. of through the retina. So it gives us an optical cross section. Wow. Yeah, so um, so it uses coherent light and T is tomography, a map. Mm. So the um, light is able to bounce off the layers of the retina and reach the receiver at different speeds. And so then the computer program can make an image based on the distance of all those things. And what's the outcome of that? How parasympathetic or sympathetic or stressed or calm you are? Sorry, so with that you can see the, the anatomy of, of the eye and you can see that when you get to the fovea which is this dark point in a retinal photograph in the middle of the eye that the band of the photoreceptors increases it get, becomes more dense and you also um, the neural fibres over top reduce out but that's, that's not really about it but it's mostly about that band of um, photoreceptors in the centre increasing and they are predominated by cones um, which are the light receptors and detail so a really good way to think about the fovea is um, pixels in a camera yeah yeah so that's a high pixel area whereas just moving slightly out of that that pixelation reduces and then moving further out of out from that the pixelation is quite poor and so your peripheral vision actually is poor detail but uh, maybe we hinted at this last time having really tunnel vision you'll be using the maximum amount of let's say energy or resource yeah but also that um in those layers coming through into the your visual visual cortex um magnocellular and parvocellular are two different types they're, they're based around the cones and the rods and so the, the this is where i'm 50 50 on this one it's been too long but they are um one of those layers the one that's the the Oh, so yeah, that's where I can figure it out. Magnocellular layer is the parasympathetic nervous system, and that's to do with the the rods. And the um, parvocellular layer is the um, sympathetic system, and that's the mm. central vision cone stuff. So yeah, when you get tunnel vision, you're like fully going into that sympathetic zone, and so you're just worrying about that real detailed central vision. Which is where we would be going when we hop in the cold, right? Yeah, it'll start constricting. Yeah, and so, interestingly, a sympathetic nervous system wants more light. Okay, it actually wants a narrow depth of field, so your pupil is larger. It's all about it's all about light, um, and so that's why when someone's in a f- real fear response, say fight, the accuracy is really poor. Really, because they're they're moving. They're just like got such a narrow depth of focus where their targeting is is not very well Mm. and so that's why in martial arts and things it's about you know being like water being in flow Mm. being at those peak 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 for both systems so that not only can you create maximum force maximum output and in the case of a battle maximum damage but also have maximum accuracy maximum control right yeah far out so that's why that's why i love what you're you're saying about you're in a um you stress environment of a cold plunge but you're wanting to be calm yeah because because you know i'm metaphorical but i don't just walk around metaphorical i want examples Mm. 
And that's why, you know, I'm trying to find the example of, for example, if you say to someone, you're stressed, and they'll say, how can you tell? Your basic measures are your HRV, Hmm. which doesn't mean jack shit to most people, Hmm. let's be honest. Talking parasympathetic, sympathetic means jack shit to most people too. You can start to talk about it in zones, like you're hot and maybe not hot, on or off in terms of calm or or ready for action. You know, people understand fight or flight and rest and digest, but it's still very theoretical. And I want to find tools, which is like, you know, I don't have that light thing you were talking about, but how did they do it back in the day to see it? Like, is there an old technique? Can You remember when you're a kid and you can do this and you can, like, see the little sausage in the middle of your finger mm. is there is, it, is there a test where you can put your arms out to the side and depending how far you can see um it, it suggest <laughs> if, something if, if you if your visual field is coming around to out here that means you might have glaucoma <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true yeah, okay that's not good we'll, we'll just um leave your email at the end just in case <laughs> someone needs to contact but you know this like medical advice <laughs> i'm winging it when i say find me in your peripheral but everyone's peripheral is different yeah maybe you know what i mean and all um like co2 tolerance you can time that uh-huh. You can say, how many seconds can you um, hold your breath on the out breath? Then we have a measure. Do you know? Do you notice though? If you know, it's, it's all all relative again to the personality. But if you're sort of anxious, or you, I don't know if you do much breath in the morning, but if you're anxious, or you're got things to do, or you're preoccupied, your breath hold is super short, mm. and and your CO two tolerance goes out the way. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because, like, some some mornings, um, so I tend to do breath work when I wake up. Um, I'll go flick my alarm off, put it on for another half an hour, hop back into bed, but do breath work. Mm. Don't, don't, I don't actually snooze. And some mornings, if I'm super dozy, I'll just kind of like have a r- real good like CO two tolerance. I'll just like doze off mm. halfway through the breath and be like, oh. Yeah, I'll basically have apnea. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> or the opposite, I'll, you know, do this, you know, have to really work myself through the breath, be really concentrated through the breath, yeah. and then do my breath hold. And then that that urge to breathe just comes on real fast, and you go, oh, this, this ain't working today. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> your stress isn't the same every day. No. And it, it, uh, as I understand HRV, it is the gap between your heartbeat. Mm. And that gap constantly changes so it's your heart like basically uh, playing its role on if you need it to be activated or calm for whenever you need it because that's the drama is that you don't know when you will need your heart to beat really quick because there's no like hey I'm going to run at you with a knife now (laughs) you know and so the eight your HR yeah are you ready (laughs) three two no it's like we're on yeah and you have to be able to instantly react to that Um, and it's a beautiful design until there's triggers every left right centre at work at home Mm. on the roads in your mind um, on the internet and then you can easily see how everyone gets themselves stitched up yeah, well, look, man, if you think of anything that I can use in terms of um, trying to better understand vision, I haven't got I'll go get my phone, but I've got this little diagram that came up. And 
It's these flashing blue dots, Mm -hmm. and they're influenced the way they go by your breathing. Cool. And I want you to break me that down. What if you can? Because I rung my friend who's a graphic designer, Mm -hmm. and I said, is this animation? You know, what pace are these dots going at? Because I want to rebuild it. So what did you say it's based on? What changes the direction? Should I just go get my phone and show you? Yeah, I yeah. probably won't have the answer now. No, 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 but yeah. it's, it's, it's fun to talk about anyway. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll just skip to the next bit in a second. Yeah. All right, I'm going to hand the phone over. Yeah. Talk us through, because some people will listen to this, right? So talk through what you see and what you have to read. So they're, they're flashing around a um, par- parallel circle. So there's a large circle and a small circle. It's like, imagine looking up at the bottom of a UFO. And there's like flashing little blue dots. Now the text reads... The blue dots are now moving crazily back and forth. Take slow breaths in and out. After some time, the dots will follow your breathing. Okay, I'll guide you. Okay, so breathe in. Two, three, four, five. Breathe out. Two, three, four, five. Breathe in. Two, three, four, five. Breathe out. Okay, stop. Are they? Uh, is yeah, that works perfectly. Okay, so what do you think's happening? And you can like we can work through this, but I'll there's move o- one way to breathe through and move the other way. I don't think it's animation. I think it's an optical illusion, but uh, it's influenced by your breathing. Is the position is the position of the flash changing? Yeah. So when I put my finger in between, yeah, you can see the oscillating um, flash. So, actually, like if you interrupt it, there are two different points there, but you will see it flow one way and flow the other way. Yes, so what is it, though, in the breathing mm. that uh, it's, it's almost like an in and an out? Yeah, it, it is. It feels like that. Or th- th- I saw that, too. And, but I... Do you know what's trippy... If, yeah. we, if we had Andrew Huberman right here, he'd be able to tell us like that. Yeah. Well, lots of people have tagged him, and I'm like, let's beat him to the game. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong with it, but I think, so Schrodinger's cats is like major psychological and physiological study, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, those poor cats. But I'm pretty sure Andrew Huberman's dad did a lot of the visual cortex studies um. for that stuff. I could be wrong, and I'm yeah. happy to be wrong, be told wrong. But yeah, who um, knows? Yeah, because I remember hearing um, Andrew talking about like, oh, my dad did the, these V areas mm. in the brain. Mm. Um, they said that they're like anatomically distinct, and they have like physiological functions. Mm. So um, when I when I was in Otago, um, I did anatomy and neuroanatomy. And then when I, when I was doing what was called like pre-honours paper to potentially go and do, carry on and do honours in science, I went back and did a 200-level human physiology paper. Right. And, you know, like we went through all this sort of Schrodinger's cat stuff mm. um, around what's called amblyopia and patching. So when you starve um, the brain or the eye, sorry, of, of light or detail even, the um, representation of that visual field will be taken over by the other eye. Right. And so when that's why it's important for children to have their eyes examined mm. and to try and pick out um, any differences with the eye, um, because if you 
correct the imaging, correct the magnification, this, this, the other thing you got to get your head around, um, then both sides of the brain can develop. There are gotcha. neurons that fire together, wire together, and so when you've got a constant quality information coming from both fields of view, both part, both eyeballs, then you'll get the appropriate brain representation in the back. And so, as I said, you, unfortunately I've forgotten in detail the visual pathway. Mm. Um, I've only really got a visceral understanding of mm. where everything splits off and mm. goes. And you know, some of, some of the pathways go sh- straight back, others cross over. Um, yeah, what's called the chiasm, chiasma, which is in front of the pituitary gland. Mm. Um, that's why I think if you go really deep with Wim Hof, you get all these visual auras. I, I was sort of th- mm. thinking about just recently, like the other day, that I think if it is DMT that's being dumped out of the pituitary gland, I think that's hitting the optic nerve and creating a massive action potential in the optic nerve, mm. which rushes back to your visual cortex and just like starts this pathway off Mm. and because your eyes are closed and these um, anatomical structures are about direction and um, tone and color then that's what your mind creates when you're having that experience absolutely and so like um, that's why it's so geometric Mm. because our our visual cortex is tuned for geom- mm. geometry, for direction, for movement, and and th- that's what some something about that will be to do with that. But the reason why it changes direction in and out of breath, I can't quite figure out what's. Well, we don't have to. What's like, the mechanism? I well, I think it's beautiful, even if we don't quite know what's happening there, because it shows it's a physical thing that shows you that your breathing has influence. Yeah because <laughs> even if you don't believe that it can make you calm because it is a belief in faith really show me my blood vessels are widening when I'm breathing slower go on show me show me my CO2 is rising it's like, do you know how much an fMRI costs <laughs> yeah. but watch this you know and every time you can influence it to move not through your willpower or stubbornness but through your breathing action how'd you come across that it <clears> was um posted on james nestor's page oh, right, breathe yeah i'm really annoyed i tried to download that book on audible mm-hmm. and like it's like yes yeah, sweet downloaded oh. and then it was gone what you know like it was like the um the credit you know you, with audible you kind of like pay yeah. pay amount a month and you get credits to buy whatever book you want that credit was gone like never to return book never showed up i was like Man, I wanted to. Man, I wanted to listen to that. It's a great book. You, yeah, it's a got great it? audio book. Yeah. yeah, like I, you should just make up a new account. Yeah, and you know the free ones. Yeah, yeah, it's worth doing, bro, because that's a fantastic book. It's had a huge impact on you know my own personal journey. Yeah, because he really goes back. He goes yes. back in time to, um, well, the six books that the Chinese have on breathing. Wow, and these ancient civilizations that we don't even really recognize anymore but their whole gods were breathing and the oxygen and the power and you know that's where the tumo stuff started Mm -hmm. because i think where he was trying to suggest is that no one's done the complete cycle if you can master breathing if you transcend Mm -hmm. that's what the dudes sitting in caves learning how to breathe and what it does for you I mean, we know what it does if you hyperventilate, mm. right? You might as well transcend to 
a crazy place you know you annex that we know that um like i was outlining before like yeah you can get dementia and um alzheimer's by the way you breathe well because it has so much influence but it's hard to see that because it's just like don't you breathe man we all just breathe and um yeah that's why that thing i was like oh man what do you what do you reckon the imagery of fire breathing dragons are <laughs> like dragons are everywhere yeah or yeah yeah but the fire out the mouth is a specific thing eh? yeah because there's nothing really that does that no <laughs> like in nature right eh? you don't walk around you're like oh yeah that's like a like you can kind of say that Loch Ness Monster and Tanifar, they may have saw just a giant sea creature. Yeah. And it maybe ate one of their mates. They were but like, like, what is a Tanifar? I don't know. I think it's... Because, you know, like, I've, I've been to, to go further and back today. Mm. And it's like, going through there, mm. you know, there's, there was... That road was a problem because of a Tanifar. Really? For a long time. Well, it's funny you bring up Tanifar because I've been listening to lots of nursery rhymes with my kids. Yeah. And there's the Maori one. I mean, it's sung in English. One day a Tanifar... Um, Went swimming in the moana. Yeah. I think they say... in my taranga. Something like that, yeah. Um, Why don't you come with me yeah. underneath the kōwhai tree? No, 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 it's not that. What come with me is something nice to see. Oh, okay. But my mum's waiting for me underneath the kōwhai tree, right. so I can't come. So I was like, like all nursery rhymes, if you chase them back far enough, trace them back, they're pretty hardcore. Yeah. So I don't think of Tanifar as like someone that I want my kid to well first of all you can't breathe underwater yeah so what's the intent of the Tanifa saying come yeah is it like a luring yeah I'd be, I'd be interested to, like um Irish descent like I I, mm. I was lucky enough to go to a primary school where we had a kohanga we had kapahaka mm. um, and I was exposed to a little bit of sereo and, and things mm. like that but my understanding is is pretty pretty yeah. hopeless. Yeah. Like um, us going back to the the toiling on the land, the pioneering. I read a fascinating book um, about these people that were pioneering in Taranaki, and mm. and at the same time, you know, land was going on there and living in Waikato for two and a half years. I got a t- you know a slim taste mm-hmm. of like you know there was something that I was not educated about yeah. <clears throat> growing up in Invercargill and now living in Tokoroa it's like um, the the tribe is their head office is literally over the road from me and I park my car outside the head office and mm. I'm, every day I walk past just going I don't, I don't know jack shit mm. um, but yeah while I was in Hawke's Bay coming back from Australia I was like Right, what is what is it about this Natika Hanungu? Like what mm. what what do they do, where do they come from, how they how were they established and all that sort of stuff. So but again it was it was so brief. Um and I had a conversation with this guy Sam, the the trap man. He he manages um a block of forest and he was sort of the same like he said, there's stories that <clears throat> are told and can be read but there's stories that the iwi and the tribes within the iwi hold on to and yeah. they sh- and it's th- their place to tell that's right and i was like oh so what <laughs> then i was always like so what do i have to do to yeah hear the story yeah, you can't <laughs> yeah well no and i remember um i was talking to an old maori lady and i was like telling her 
hey, I'm on this voyage to work out what, you know, some of my Pacific ancestry did around breathing practices because it's really vague um, what their history is in the Pacific of, first of all, what does calm look like? Because we only see the warrior mm-hmm. in history, you know. Um, so what is the meditation practices? Because gu- I guarantee every culture had them, but then different scenarios meant things were kept and lost, you know. Mm-hmm. Um because homeostasis is the meaning of life in some ways, you know. See if you can get there. So you'd have to find your way uh, to balance the stress of the world. But um, she said to me, oh, good luck on your journey. Yeah, Pacific's lost their story. And Māori almost lost ours too, which is why we won't share it again hmm. to others. So look, it's not—it's not a representation. Did, did she explain what her concern was? Uh yeah, they tried to when the original Europeans came. Okay, but it was kind of like shat on. Yeah, look, I'm—you know what I mean. It's very complicated. Yeah, and I'm secondhand just through a conversation, and it was a very short conversation. But I was like, oh, okay. So internally, within Maori dim, they've gone. It's more important we know it. Yeah, and where appropriate, we'll share, but it's not our obligation to. No, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a guy on TikTok, Darren Mahino. He actually lives in Bluff, um, and he's, I, I guess he's somewhat controversial. He kind of, um, you know, fires people up a lot, a lot, and, and sort of gets quite a quite aggressive. One of his <laughs> one of his things that. Um, people are constantly fighting back at him about his saying don't use the word Pākehā and he's, you know, he's like it's a bad word oh, mm. well, might be <laughs> I, I don't know mm. um, but you know the other day he sort of was on the on the booze and he walked into the door and so he had like a bleeding eye and then so he played it up that he'd been in a fight and stuff <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah he's, he's an interesting man provocateur yeah, provocateur indeed um, and but then it sort of came out that oh no maybe I shouldn't shouldn't be drinking and <clears throat> going to be on a ninety day, um, you know go sober for ninety days. Mm. But someone must have poked the bear that like oh, um you know wine and beer ruined Māori and he he kind of got us back up and said well yeah because it made getting out of your head really accessible. But he said there's so many roots and things around the bush that will get you wasted mm. and I remember having a conversation um, with uh, a guy who's, who's Māori down um, Cambridge Way and I asked him I said is there any history that you know of of like um, psychoactive or psychedelic tendencies within Māori and he said oh not that I'm all, not that I know of mm. yeah but then I also wonder how much of that's been corrupted by um, the sort of you know the Christianity religion mm. Puritan type ideas mm. that have um, come come forth like um, a lot of Ngāti Kahangungu and also I've noticed a lot in Tokoroa um, are associated with Latter Day Saints and, and that's very much Puritan mm. policy so again um, that coercion of the story means that potentially those sort of no we didn't do that, mm. that that's yeah. out, of, out of purity well and <coughs> and uh, you know, I heard something yesterday that our institutions were set up by people who we would never even, well, first of all, we don't know, mm-hmm. centuries old, you know, and 
and it's it was a gamble and so they had to be really strategic about what got passed on mm. and you know you can see why you know the illusions of um or the the ideas of illuminati and that you know the, <laughs> the ones who hold the knowledge but and then that's very powerful because um you know tyranny and corruption and all the things that we look at today the fight for power and will you release the power when you have it you know i think that's one of the um fears i have is when you look at let's say politics it's so popularity based yeah and yeah if everyone all of a sudden likes you ryan and you get used to that will are you so happy to go back to the ryan we have today yeah you know and i think most people don't know because most people don't have to deal in that realm no hey we're just us and it's like um it's almost a privilege to not be in a position of power because you get to be you get to be objective but when when you're when you're the leader do you then have to you know have a stance and stick stick by that how is how easy is it to be a leader and say say i was wrong i think Mm. that's what we talked about in the middle of COVID last year on Mm. my podcast like this is COVID lockdowns was not what politicians were uh thought they were getting themselves in for (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah it's and we have you know you're a father i'm a father you know it's hard enough to admit when you're wrong just being a dad yeah and you're not even popular (laughs) so imagine everyone thinking you're awesome you know and and actually there's parts of you that is um so yeah man look it's it's complicated um i do think though there's something beautiful about this chosen hobby we have which is i'll place myself around people Mm -hmm. and we'll talk yeah and i somewhat think that is what politicians do but the bullshit level of it right so internally amongst their own caucus or whatever yeah it's like us but then you have to simulate that and stick to your team yeah you know that's i think that becomes challenging you know and i think that's like um where america falls down that like you say it's it's popular bipartisan politics mm. where in new zealand we've sort of got two versions of the center mm. yeah yeah <laughs> and, and it's and it's interesting that you know when we've got two versions of the center over this la you know because it's happening in the states and because britain to some extent is going through this um uh, not bipartisan but sort of binary decision which the people of britain thought that you know it was a good idea to leave europe mm-hmm. because there's that and because there was the the, the trump derangement syndrome going on it's almost like oh yeah that's how we've got to do politics in new zealand too and it's like wait well, yeah. we don't actually <laughs> nah nah and then when you're not scrapping around you sit back for long enough and you think well what should we be doing yeah. and I think that scares more people that like, scares more people about well having, is, is the answer have an original thought <laughs> <laughs> maybe but you know in today's world it's like if you're not towing the line yeah you're part of the fake news or whatever it is you know yeah so you just end up having to well i just i think it's like it's actually saying have less of a worldview more of a micro view Mm. and that's not a bad thing no because we're not the popular ones no you know what i mean like until we are 
then have a worldview. Yeah. But just hang out with each other and you can expect to the, the dichotomies of life. We got super, super lucky in New Zealand that we're this isolated island and we got to do our own thing and, and we're the outlier of of the data when it comes to COVID. But at the same time, we don't want to be left behind and we want, we want to have significant politics too. Mm. <laughs> you know, we're not the outliers of suicide and stuff though, are we? No. That's weird, eh? Yeah. You know, that's why I think it's worth um, sticking up for that because... That there's something so wacky about that. Yeah, it's it's either that we're too honest and our measurements are too honest, so the way we capture data is actually legit, and other countries just don't. You know, of what suicide? Yeah, yeah, and like unhappiness and meaninglessness and all that stuff. Mm. And I actually would believe that too because, you know, Kiwis sometimes we can get tricked, eh? Not tricked, but. <laughs> Did you do OE? No. It was always the Kiwis who got, you know, most hammered and in vulnerable scenarios. Right, yeah. Because we come from little, a little New Zealand, you know, and I'm like, the world says, yeah, let's capture our data and share it. New Zealand's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. So we do it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's that kind of farming and... Reporting. Cultural... That's what my mum's involved in, eh? Like, she did it for a good 15 years at... Southern District Hospital, and then now she's just gone back to help out with um, the uh, head trauma hospital in in Christchurch. And yeah, so that was a culture of report the event. Mm. So there's something to align with the accident report or the or the complaint. Right. And and I don't I don't know if that happens to the rest of the world. (laughs) I mean, you know, the Wuhan thing, eh? You know. Oh gosh, yeah. They were like, no, no. It's all sweet here now. <laughs> and I was like, or even you know, this is the dis- disinformation game of the internet. But that those videos of them spraying down the streets and and like shoving people in doorways and things like that. Someone put up the other day, and it, you know, it's, it's the uh, logarithm that comes in. Like, how much of this was true? And you're like, yeah, I wonder. I wonder how much of that was true. Like, did China actually spray the streets? <laughs> So it's hard. Because I like, remember this video. I was like, oh yeah, I did remember that video. Mm. Thinking that was weird. <laughs> did I hear the other day that some countries don't even have the words of self? Self. Yeah. It's like we think, you know, individual and all of these different things, but I think in some languages and cultures, that's not a thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, there's no self, man. Mm. You're part of it. And so it's like, yeah, lies become different things, don't they? At yeah. mass, yeah, as they are in individual levels, and yeah, it's almost like the way we're choosing to live. You know, honest, kind of stoic, if you like. Yeah, you, you know, in stoicism, you got to do things to purposefully make yourself feel inadequate. Sometimes, yeah, I remember the examples of you have to walk down the street in a stupid outfit so people laugh at you or be a peasant for a day yeah or ask yourself what's the bigger meaning of everything yeah and the answer is probably reserved for gods yeah so you're willing to look at it they really do you really want to know you know and that's why i think that maybe the beauty about relinquishing our insistence we know what's out there to a higher power is genius because then it becomes a subconscious thought. Well, what what that resonates for me is 
at 12 years old knowing I was going to be an optometrist relinquishing my academic life did you really know that yeah that's weird bro yeah so like I got to to relinquish my academic life I was like what do I need to do to be an optometrist so you need to do these subjects in school why do you want that I saw my brother getting his eyes tested and I thought it was cool that's awesome yeah has it been cool it's been very cool (laughs) (laughs) look at you it's cool a man of faith in uh, his (laughs) career yeah yeah and at that that stage I was going to going to Catholic Church with my dad so they might might have had something to play play in it the the future trust in the future and trust in the outcome I don't know sport sport as well is the same sort of thing yeah like last night watching the Sevens Girls win after five years and all of them just bawl their eyes out I was Mm. like that that is incredible beautiful just like pride like wow and and that's you know it's just a game (laughs) yeah but it's it's not when it's it's, on eh? it's not when it's on yeah it's something else and that that, that was what I was talking about with my mates because they're they're involved with rowing they had any especially my my good mate that I used to play with he had a great day on Friday but um, (laughs) I said you know I guess the beauty of a race is you win second place. The trouble with the final is you lose the gold medal. Mm. And it wasn't, it was uh, uh, Tony Johnson, like, turned it really well. Like, when they, when the French lost that final, they were, they were distraught. But when they were on the podium with the silver medal, they were so proud and happy. Mm. Mm. And, yeah, <clears throat> I think it was the same for the men as well. Like, like Fiji were incredible in that final, but, yeah, getting on the podium and and you know seeing the middle table and seeing that that you know especially at that stage that second silver that's ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Well, look, and we revert right back to the beginning. We were talking something about things that don't end, yeah. and what does the Olympics show? It shows that at least you have a result. Yeah, at least you can put a full stop somewhere. Yeah, and it's like yeah maybe the job isn't to watch these modern day gladiators but it's rather to remind us that Simon Nick's exploring that at the moment is he infinite, like infinite games or something because he's talking about that in, in like working culture hmm. that business is an infinite game mm. your job is an infinite game mm. you know but they've, they've applied these like finite sport related metaphors to mm. business like winning the corner you know um and yeah and especially like startup culture it's like um selling the selling the business mm. you know, the this whereas in business culture it should be about the succession the continuation yeah. the yeah. Al- allowing that thing to survive on and mm. support the community that mm. it, that it fosters um yeah and that's, that's what Simon Snick started to dive into. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're his well, he's always ahead of the game, so it's good to know that. I wonder if he's seen that animation, the dot thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, what's 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 going on with you? What's any any cool gossip or anything? I mean, you, you're a keen uh, sportsman and hunter and yeah, no, just podcaster. Have you had, like, cool guests or anything? Yeah, this morning I... Uh, another episode with as I said Morgan Penn the, tra- the trainee sexologist that's again another thing that's like um, we came up with the analogy that 
a lot of people are worried about the thing that the world sees, but when it comes to sex and sexual relations, the, no one sees that. And so that's the easiest thing to put on the back burner. Mm. <laughs> and Morgan was going on about how, you know, what's how, how you how you live in your, your sexuality is how you live in life. And so if you're you're putting that on the back burner, then uh, what are you giving up and Absolutely. falling down mentally? Hundred percent forgetting. So um, yeah, that that's always fascinating. Um, like I said, move to Tokoroa, uh, be close to my daughter who's up here in Pukekohe. Yep. You know, not far from you. And um, so yeah, I've had had the weekend of visiting her, which is nice, you know, not having to drive five hours each way. Mm. Um, getting to see her first disco, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, went, out, went out to Woodhill Forest and, and um, went on patrol with the Woodhill um, committee guys and, you know, just it was, it was uh, something to be said, you know, we're talking about the, the phone, being in a place yeah. there's, where there's no reception. Yeah. <laughs> it's worth its weight and meaning isn't it yeah like me and uh, Brian who we just sat in his car all day and talked mm. <laughs> watched watched we saw the odd wild deer but then we also sat up on a ridge and watched farm deer it was, it was awesome we just kind of watched the, what they did mm. watched how they played uh, there was a couple of you know young stags that were fascinated by the lambs in the paddock next door you know like there were there a peacock that landed in the paddock and they kind of didn't know what to do with it they kind of ran at it and then it just trotted along and they're like, eh. And about five o'clock they started sort of having play fights with each other and <laughs> farm deer are funny, eh? They kind of guide each other around. They'll be in like groups of three or four within the paddock. Mm, really? <laughs> and then they'll have a little like tussle with each other and then they'll carry on just eating. Mm. <laughs> and they'll all camp up in the same corner of the paddock. And <laughs> Dude, all life is weird really, eh? Yeah. Imagine, imagine what the aliens would think of us. <laughs> I think they already have thought, screw those guys. <laughs> I'm going They're too weird. <laughs> no, because like we've, it's like we have amnesia. We pick some things that we think are it, <laughs> but we forget crucial bits, you know? Like take sex life, for example, you know... Um, one of the things that happens when you slow a nasal breathe is you vasodilate, right, which mm. is widening of the blood vessels. And you also, if you breathe nasally, you capture nitric oxide, mm. which when inhaled, further vasodilates. And that is what Viagra is. Yes, yeah. And so, yeah, guess what also happens when you are in a stressed state more often? You have less sex drive. Mm. Bad news, you know? Just bad news because one of life's gifts. But it's, but it's also don't don't have a baby in a war. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't have a baby when there's no food around. That's a t-shirt that you should make for yourself. <laughs> don't have a baby in a war. <laughs> don't have a baby when there's no food. Dude, it's funny. You can't run away from the saber toothed tiger and fornicate. <laughs> no. Um. Remember that? Did you ever hear the stories about when? Oh, it's probably not nice to talk about, but I'd hear in the m- Middle Ages, is it, where they'd hang people? Oh gosh! That they would like um, ejaculate. No, oh, right. did you ever hear that? No, but I don't know why I'm bringing that up. But I'm trying to think about in my mind. I'm like, how does the stress release that? Yeah, 
I think it was something to do with death some hormone that got released when they die but you know what I don't want to talk about that because <laughs> first of all that's gross and secondly I might just be I'm probably thinking about something someone told me once it's good yarn yeah and you're kind of like you didn't have Jamie bring it up <laughs> bring that people are going to be like hey what'd you talk about with Will oh, he went really on a weird tangent towards, <laughs> towards the end he was like um, hey so you've done lots of podcasting you've spoken to lots of people people often ask me because I've also done the same thing what are the lessons that I've learned mm-hmm. talk me through some of the things the common themes that have come up some of the, the principles that you know because you can only hear people talk about things for so long till you implement them right Mm -hmm. how is that for you truth comes up um a lot Mm. and i think when when people talk about like being true to themselves they talk about fundamentals of life and like are you are you creating things that mean fundamentals of life are taken care of Mm. um so i often will try and summarize everything with what keeps you in flow because i I find that interesting and i I noticed that um paul wood in his book has a whole chapter dedicated to to flow Mm. as as one of the tools for for mental fitness um often if you can keep pushing is the biggest growth um, we've spoken about that stat of suicide and I've spoken to three or four people that have been suicidal and a mm. couple that had nearly attempted it um, and the next steps and the unraveling of everything created like massive growth for those people and created you know it's almost like um, the question of like, would you go back and change something? N- no, because the hardship makes me who I am today. The ha- the things I've been through now make me the person that I am. They they allow me to show up as a complete human, and I think that's like when when people talk about um, I'm going through the human experience the human experience is not um you know a, a colorful filtered <laughs> um sob story that the, the it, it's overcoming it's um growing and and it's working towards those those core tenets of life they're, mm-hmm. they're what matter and they're why that yeah someone's neck they're why you do fight and it's it's a little bit of chicken and egg from from the two things, but I think they're both equally important. That when it's tough, you've you've got to push, and when you do push, you get reward, and rewards allow you to um, ensure that your core tenants are there. And when your core tenants are there, you've got a thing to fight for, and that's what's going to keep you going. And maybe when you don't know the why it's fighting to create the why Mm. maybe maybe that's maybe that's the the missing part that we're there with that we're looking for it's like if i don't have the why then why would i continue well because getting through this might show you the why it might give you something to keep going with 
you know you're going to learn something that creates a greater outlook yeah it's it's a like I was saying it's an infinite game mm. yeah and the little finite games along the way help grow it bro it's beautiful um well hey what do you think about the new studio man it, you're man. like the <laughs> third guest in here and it's a pleasure actually to have you here because yeah um transferring our digital relationships into real life yeah man um we're on a journey together it just happens that our our journey like we talk about these infinite games and you know mini games our like mine and your friendship is a mini friendship that will blossom over many years yeah and it's a weird thing that we have to recognize as podcasters that we will talk one hour or two hours every few months or maybe once a year yeah but i really believe that it's puts the hammer down on a connection mm. right because there's very limited times where we've basically gone offline yeah i had to send one urgent text while we were talking but other than that we just had un unfiltered chat yeah and there's something kind of outstanding about that you can mm. kind of simulate it on zoom but there's a gap there and oh, i think it's because you can see yourself <laughs> hey you know like i've much more enjoyed trying not to you know look cool when you're on zoom and just look at you yeah you know? there might there might be like one of our, our vision things eh? that um you never see your own eyeballs when you're looking yeah 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 and um even even better when i show people re- retinal photographs eh? they're like that's gross and i'm like yeah that's definitely gross it's a normal thing in an abnormal place you're not mm. supposed to see your insides mm. and these are insights <laughs> <laughs> that's why you chose that job yeah. uh, where's the best place people can follow you and check out your podcast yeah basically Instagram at the stag roar um, at stag Ryan as well but um, yeah the stag roar is on all platforms um, I think it's across 13 of them so Spotify Apple Google uh, Pocket yeah there's there's lots of places to find it there's even, there's even a website um, I think it's www.stagroar.com or code on NZ, one of the two. Mm. Yeah. Look at you out there. <laughs> you're, you're Joe Rogan and Jamie. Yeah, and Joe, no. yeah that'd be good. Look it up, Jamie. <laughs> First time, brother. Cheers, bro. Thanks, cool. man. Appreciate it. Was, it. it was really cool. Awesome. Holding my head again, making my way through crowded thoughts. Sometimes it's hard to get out of it. Broke my heart. In the dark, I was just trying to feel something Falling asleep to the sound of it Always used to let you clean up the mess Just down on my knees, thought I couldn't stand up on my own Turns out sometimes you're stronger alone Bringing out the fight, yeah, bring on all the lightning Cause I'm looking for a hero Inside the mirror, I find one. Oh, carry the hurt when it gets too hard. Pick it up, dust it off. When I fall down 11, I get up 12. Don't need nobody else. Yeah, I can save myself. Got burned, but I learned our scars make us who we are. Now I'm 10 feet tall over my demons. Remind me no one's got me like myself Yeah, I love me without any help
best thing to believe in So I'm bringing out the fight, yeah, bring on all the lightning Cause I'm looking for a hero, look inside the mirror I find one, oh, carry the hurt when it gets too hard Pick it up, dust it off, when I fall down the As heavy as a season And the sun is always right behind the storm 